God for his blessings. Amen. Each and every day. It's so good to see Brother Bowen. Brother, would you pray for us? Yes. Our dearly Father, we thank you for the day and the blessings of the day. We thank you for gathering us back uh, with the church this morning, dearly Father. We thank you for each and every blessing that you have bestowed upon our lives. Dearly Father, we thank you for how you've blessed the church, uh, how you've blessed Linda and myself. And, and all of the all of our friends and loved ones here in the church, dearly Father, we, we thank you for the day. Lord, we ask you now that you would be with uh, Brother Roger as he comes with devotion, yes, Brother Lord. Michael, and all the other teachers as they teach. But Lord, we ask a special blessing on Brother Steve, dearly Father, as he brings the message, dearly Father. We ask that you give him freedom of mind, dearly Father, that he follow the Spirit, dearly Father, and we get, ask that you give him strength and voice, dear and Father, that he might be heard, dear and Father. But Lord, we ask also that you give us an open heart, dear and Father, that we would receive um, our portion of the, of the message, dear and Father. And Lord, if there be one here that doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin, we'd ask that today would be the day, dear and Father, that they find you yes, uh, and, uh, special to their heart, dear and Father, in this day. Let they lay all their cares on you, dearly Father, and, and we know, dearly Father, that you are worthy to carry. And Lord, we ask all these blessings in the name of Jesus Christ, and we love you, Lord, dearly Father, today. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Uh, Brother Rock, you just come at this time to bring her to the So thankful to hear that rain Saturday morning, uh, and then got another last night. So we're we're tickled to death with that. I was so looking forward to hearing our special uh, guest today, and sorry that he couldn't make it. But um, we were going to Coleman last night. Uh, our oldest granddaughter was in a play. She's in performing arts at UAB. She's a beautiful singing voice and. And she had the lead play, the lead part, I guess, in a, a musical that the, the uh, Coleman um, theatrical group was putting on called Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. If you've ever had little kids, you've probably watched that movie a hundred times on a VHS tape or something. But uh, she did a wonderful job. But while we were going over there, Elaine said, uh, she just right out of the blue, she says, you ought to read the 40th chapter of Isaiah. I've been listening to that on, on her uh, tablet and, and reading it and she said it's just a wonderful verse a wonderful uh, chapter well you know we all know the last verse or so it says something about rising up his wings with eagles and you know we probably have seen dozens of plaques that on it uh, at bookstores and stuff but the whole chapter is very encouraging um, you know in the times that we live um, it's easy to get discouraged with all the strife and everything in the world and, and uh, all everything going on. And we, I try not to watch much news. I might watch the local news to see what the weather's going to be. and That's pretty boring in the summer because it's usually high 94 with a 20% chance of rain. And uh, from about 1st of June to the 
in September, so uh, there's not much going on. But if you do get news, it's, it's kind of depressing sometimes with all the strife in the world and in, in Ukraine and everywhere else, it's just something going on. But as I read in the 40th chapter this morning, the 40th chapter of Isaiah, I got down to verse 21. And it starts out, Have you not known? And, <coughs> you know, it, it goes on, and, and I'll read it in a minute maybe. It goes on to talk about all the things that he did. And we've studied about it in Genesis, the creation, and, and, and creating man, creating the, the whole world, the whole earth, and the whole universe. And have you not known? That's what that verse said to me. Um, it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Hath it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are, are as grasshoppers. And, and if you would, just think at the beginning of each of these phrases, it is he. It is he. It says, it, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. It is he that hath the inhabitants of, of are as grasshoppers. It is he that hath stretched out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. It is he that hath brought the princes to nothing and make the judges of the earth as vanity. Yet they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stone. To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out uh, their host by numbers. He calleth them by name, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speaketh, O Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, faineth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Amen. We have to wait on him. It's his time. Uh, it's, not, it's not our time. And, and even though we, we see discouraging times out there, you know, we see, we see strife in our cities and we see all kind of discontent and disorder going on, um, I just bring us back to that verse, have you not heard? And then over uh, in the 28th verse, hast thou not known? We've known these things from, from our youth up, y'all. Sure. And, but we, we faint. Sometimes we faint. This is 
as the scripture says. But it will be strong and mount up like eagles. If you've ever if you've ever seen an eagle sitting on a, a dead perch, just sitting there, it looks like a majestic thing. And it's not a struggle for him when he when he's ready to fly. He raises those big wings and he's gone. He just mounts up and he's gone. Uh, our Lord's strength is just like that. Sure. There's no weakness there. And and if we will, if I will, when I when I see these things going on and it, and it gets to weigh heavily on me, uh, if I will remember the phrase, "Have you not known? Have you not heard?" And then, hast thou not known that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator, the ends of the earth, faint not, neither is weary. There is no searching of His understanding. He knows what's going on. And He is in control. And, and though sometimes He allows the strife to come on us, um, it's incumbent upon us to not faint, not be weary. To stay strong and, and know that the one that created this thing is the one that's in charge of it. And uh, the confusion is not of him, it's of man, of a fallen creation. But he still knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's still in control. So uh, have you not known? Have we not known? We have. We have. We've heard it Sunday by Sunday. And we've studied it through the week. We know who's in charge. And we know that he's not weak. He's not failing. He's not failing. Never has and never will. Um, that's devotion this morning. Has anybody got anything you'd like to say before we take our classes? Um, Roger, uh, I'm not sure what happened to, to the pastor. Uh, I got a text message from Dr. Wilson late last night and said they had to confirm him today but I, I wanted the church to know uh, I know everybody's been praying for Ukraine but um, this guy's in his 50s and there's a reason that he's here um, towards the end of the year last year he was diagnosed with cancer and November he came over here we, we were able to get him in to see some doctors and he actually came here for chemotherapy uh, but he was only allowed to come for one month because of his age. Uh, no one under 60, no man under 60 can leave Ukraine, can go out of the country because they're considered fighting age. Uh, but he was given special permission to come for one month for chemotherapy. So please just remember specifically him too when you pray. Um, I don't know uh, how many treatments that he actually got, but I feel sure that it was not the normal uh, regimen of, of chemo, so uh, do, do pray for him. Uh, he gave us a letter he wanted me to read. Uh, it says, Dear ones in Christ, on behalf of the Church of the Risen Christ and the people of Ukraine, I would like to express sincere gratitude for the generous donation of $3,200 for the support of our ministry to refugees, internally displaced people, and other needs that have risen as the consequences of the Russian invasion of our country. Your gift will help us provide shelter, meals, clothing, medicine, transportation, and other essential supplies to refugees and displaced families here in Ukraine. 
It is our prayer that the Lord will bless your ministry and reward you abundantly for your act of kindness. Thank you. Blessings. A co-laborer in Christ, Frederick Taylor. So I'll put this on the board. Please keep him in mind. That's, uh, he's fighting two battles. <coughs> Anyone else? Uh, at this time, we'll. Uh, I can't remember what verse it is in Isaiah, but uh, what chapter and what verse, but it says, I am my God. Yeah, well, one other thing, Roger, I, I forgot. Um, the first uh, first week in, first week in August, uh, the cornerstone's taking a, t a team to Poland to do a children's camp in the Ukrainian refugee camp, in a, a refugee camp. Um, so be in prayer for them. Um, Dr. Wilson said that uh, when he went, it's just like, you know, you know when when the church was persecuted in, in, in the beginning and, and they started to go out, you know, people were ready to hear the word. They were ready to receive the gospel. And that's what's happening with Ukraine uh, right now, that people are just coming and, and being saved right and left. So just remember that. This, this church we're supporting, where is it in Ukraine? Is it in western Ukraine? Or? I don't remember. He, they, uh, he supported two pastors in, in eastern Ukraine, but one in Kiev. I think this guy's in Kiev. Wherever it is, it's, it's a tough situation. I know the eastern part is is uh, more under attack, I guess, uh, militarily, but the whole country is under attack. And, uh, they're all suffering, so let's keep that in mind and uh, do what we can to lift them up. And Bo, I had a dream. I walked into the church, and you and Michael were standing right there. Smiling. Anyone else? All right, we'll take our classes. Hello, everyone. Uh, <clears throat> first, I want to thank my brothers that filled in last Sunday on very short notice, very, very short notice. I thought for sure when I went to bed last Saturday night that it was just one of these little 24-hour deals, but uh, that wasn't the case. So, uh, but I'm getting there this morning. Anyone a word before we get started? Let's, I know we got a lot going on. Uh, let's try to draw our minds in for just a few minutes. Um, we're going to be starting a study of uh, this man called Abraham in the 12th chapter of Genesis. And when you think of Abraham, you think of faith. And uh, what I really would love to have done this morning is played about two or three of uh, Brother Dustin's messages. <laughs> on faith and Abraham because he covered it really well a couple of times. 
But um, what I'd like for us to talk about just a few minutes this morning is kind of introduce us to, to this study. Um, let's not forget that Abraham was flesh just like you and I. Sure. You know, people tend to make the mistake. Now, let me word this carefully. Never make, well, uh, let me back up even further. There was only one person that was ever perfect. Right. And that was our Lord. All the rest of them had faults just like you and I did. We're going to see Abraham have some great highs of his faith. And we're going to see sometimes he stumbled with his faith. And as he grew with his faith. But as we read about these people in the Bible, don't ever put them on such a high pedestal to think they were perfect. Because if they, if they were, you and I could never achieve that. Uh, I think the scriptures talked about Elijah that said he was of the same passions as you and I. Yeah. So while there's great respect for these characters in the Bible, let's don't look at them as being perfect. They're made cut out of the same cloth we are. So what I'd like to do this morning is talk just a few minutes. Um, sometimes we'll make faith to be an abstract word and not really put a, put a nail to it. But what I'd like us to talk about a few minutes is faith and the maybe the first steps of faith in someone's life. I hate to use the word beginning steps, but I guess that's what they are. But um, as we've talked about in Sunday school, and Brother Dustin just confirmed it, faith is a verb. Belief is a noun. But faith is a verb. And there's somewhere where that belief crosses a line and becomes faith when it has action put to it. And maybe that's a good way to put it. When belief creates an action. You know, Brother Dustin made the comment, and I thought it was an excellent one. Noah fully believed that there was going to come a flood. But had Noah, 30 years later, still been sitting at his table believing it, he would have drowned with everybody else. But his belief morphed, I hate to use that word, what's a good verb there, became faith when he started sawing and nailing and hammering. Yeah. That's what, his faith saved him, not his belief. Maybe belief is part of the recipe of faith. I'm not sure how we'd put that. But if we look, just a quick example and then we'll get on into this. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, I want you to listen to all the verbs when it talks about Moses. There's four or five. You can just listen to them if you want, or you can turn. 23rd verse. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid. There's number one. Three months of his parents, because they saw, there's two, that he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. There's three. By faith, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction of the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. Through faith he kept 
So I'm up to nine already. Just all the verbs. What's wrong? Ten. Okay. There's nine or ten um, examples of Moses where his belief was faith. Something happened. So what I'd like us to talk about before we really get into Abraham this morning is these beginning steps of faith. And what would be the first act of faith in anyone? It would be when the, when the Spirit of God touches that heart and they respond by moving towards God. They, we, we is a better word there. When we respond to moving towards God, belief in itself is not enough. It takes a response on our part. And, that, and I'm not about to put a definition on that response. I know better than that. You've heard people say, when they responded by coming to an invitation and cleared the bench, and they were saved right then. Some people, their response was to come to the altar and be saved. Some were saved driving down the road. I have a brother-in-law who was saved driving down the road. So I can't put a definition on that response, but there does have to be a response to the invitation. Now, I'll, I'll take this a little further. There has to be an invitation. Uh, I've, I've had some folks look pretty sideways at me when I make this comment, but I'll still make it. We cannot be saved just any time we want to be saved. Uh, John 6.44 says, No one can come unto the Father except he who sent me draw him. If we don't have a drawing, how can we respond to that drawing? So, I heard... And I don't want to offend anyone uh, to say this is 100% true, but there was a Bible school where at the end of it, they passed out little cards and asked all the kids, did they want to be saved and repeat a prayer? Now that's dangerous because I'm not seeing a lot of response there. It's just doing what you're told. We have to be careful there about just making being... Being saved is as easy as responding to God, okay, as I've said before. But it's not black and white. There's faith involved in it. We have to be careful with that. Churches need to be real careful with that. Now, leave that at that. Did you know that in years past, before any of our lives, churches normally didn't have an invitation song? pastor priest and if you want to accept it fine and that was up to you so why do you think we started having an invitation song you ever thought about that I would suggest that it would be to make it a little easier for someone to respond to take that stale just to help them a little bit give them a singled out opportunity where okay now's the time to respond yeah. I have seen people come to the altar in the middle of a message. They couldn't wait. They were responding right then. Yeah. But, but the church does, really as a courtesy, as an outreach to a lost person, have that invitation to, to hopefully make them feel more comfortable to respond 
to what's touched their heart. Agree? Yeah. I like an invitation. Yeah. I think it's a very good thing, but it always wasn't that way. Always wasn't that way. Michael, uh, as the song director uh, for many years the, and have heard a whole, whole lot of testimonies that, um, you know, where, like, I think Brother Lee said, if they'll, if they'll only sing one more verse, I'll go. Um, but, um, you know, and knowing that um, there might be somebody that says, if, if they'll sing, you know, Rock of Ages, or if they'll sing Just As I Am, I'll go. Um, that puts put a lot of fear in me as, as the song director from, for picking out the um, the invitation song, and I, I hope that I was prayed up enough and, and listening enough that I didn't pick it, that the Holy Spirit picked it, um, because that the fear that you know if if I just picked out a song, um, you know that might have been. So many times as, a, as an invitation song, but there was someone there that said, if, if he sings this song, if the church sings this song, I'll go. That, that put a, a great fear in me. And a, uh, a devotion, a, a uh, sense of devotion to that job um, that, you know, to, to sing the correct song. Um, and you, you can, the burden of that, you can only know is if you're the, the song director. And I'll compliment Brother Bo and Brother Wayne on that because uh, if you've never led singing, it's real easy to let it ruin your enjoyment of the service because yeah. you're too busy trying to think ahead and, and plan and you forget to, to actually enjoy the service. But. Uh, but the invitation, just, just another step the church uses to try to reach that person. Anybody on step one? Ma'am. I was thinking about, you know, there's a thing I had studied about the power of being more forward. And that when we pray, when we know that there's going to be an invitation, that, and we begin to pray, and we pray for the Lord to open the heart of anyone that doesn't know Jesus, that our prayers being more accord, the power of the Holy Spirit does come. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like on Pentecost, and then mm -hmm. it says they were born in one mind, in one heart, and that brings in the presence of the Lord, and like the worship, and the Lord says, I inhabit the praises of my people. So mm -hmm. we have the presence of God, but when we get in my like-minded, one accord, and pray for the same thing, it, it rocks
You know, we just this great power in our prayers, just being in one mind and one heart once the people get saved. Sure. Um, and, and to me, that's, I think that's the most beautiful thing about the invitation is when we're worshiping God and He's being lifted up. And then we take that extra time to just pray. You know, Brother Steele say if there's anyone here, and we can just come in agreement in our hearts with what you're praying. And we say, Lord, we agree with that. We ask that the same thing, Lord, with one mind, one heart, with anybody who doesn't know you, that they would be drawn to you right now by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's just it's just so powerful when you get three people in one core, one heart. Yeah. Uh, and, and as the Holy Spirit leads the pastor, we get in that one core with him with what's coming out of his mouth. And that's been the Lord, you know, to uh, to do exactly what he's that you're praying for him to do. Uh, and I know sometimes I, I'll be singing and, and I'll hear him praying and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I need to, uh, and saying, but Lord, I need to agree with what my pastor's saying because you're speaking for him to someone in this congregation. And Lord, I'm asking, in one accord with what the pastor's asking, that that person come forward. And uh, I just think we, our prayers are very powerful. And, and I, I have to remember that the Lord wants us to, you know, me to pray and, and getting that like-mindedness with what uh, our pastor's praying Because he's really, the Lord's really moving through him to um, bring people to, to salvation. It's really hard for the Holy Spirit to draw someone in a dead service. It's not impossible, but it's really hard. The, the church, I'm trying to you choose my words carefully here, but the church's duty, I hate to use the word create an environment, allow an environment to where the Spirit can reach. Right. Yeah, maybe that's, that's how I'm trying to put this. Yeah. I have been in services and I, as a full-grown man, that the conviction was so strong, I double-checked myself because it was that strong. Yeah, the church had allowed the Spirit to be that real. Yeah? They prayed that down mm -hmm. ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, but that's know, the church's. The church can bind and the church lose. can loose. I believe the term, the scripture to use with it. Yeah. You know, Michael, I, I think the word create uh, an environment is, is really a, a good term. Because the way that the church creates a spiritual environment, it's being ready when we get here, being prayed up, uh, not you know, you know, uh, not having uh, the 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 cares of this world weighing us down, but being ready to to sing, to follow Brother Wayne's leadership and sing the the songs with with joy in our heart and. Be ready for uh, the devotion and for our lesson and for our message to be ready uh, and have the cares of this life put behind us. And that, it does create a, a, a fully spiritual service um, through through help with the good Lord and, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we do create the environment by being ready. Hit the ground running. Hit the ground running. At 10 o'clock. Yeah. I've always thought that the song services and the uh, testimonial services, all of the things that 
that come into a service just that just flow into it. And to me, it's like water and sunshine on the sea. Sure. Pastor sows the seeds. He's he's sowing seeds of salvation. To anyone that that will, will uh, receive those uh, if they're being called in that. But without water and sunshine, the seed will wither usually. So I, I look at the Psalms as as, as, the, as the showers and the sunshine that might bring that seed forward a little easier and give it a better chance. And the last thing I'll say is this. Don't ever underestimate the compliment when a minister says whether he's your pastor or a visiting preacher, preaching was easy. Don't ever underestimate what he says there. What he's saying is, I felt the church support me and allow me to preach. I felt you in the message. That's a huge compliment. Huge compliment. It, we, we hear it's just that's not just a something because I know ministers will tell you they don't feel that everywhere they go. But to feel comfortable and to feel the church underneath them, what a huge compliment. Yeah. Okay, next, let's take number two. After a person is saved, I, I would suggest that the next step they would take in faith would be to tell someone. To tell someone about that. And you ever notice a lot of times when someone has come to the altar to be saved and they, they stand back up, the pastor will ask them, do you want to tell what happened? Do you, what happened? Nudging them to take a little faith step. To express it. Yeah, that's what a pastor's doing or, or a minister. Just nudging them to take that little step of faith and tell it. All right, number three. After we've been saved, that next pull requiring faith is to join the church. Amen. Yeah. Cannot survive. I'm not talking about eternal security here. Christian cannot survive this walk of life without a church. Being a part of the church. Feel that tug and to respond by joining the church. Next little, next, that's a big step actually, but a next step in a Christian's life of faith to join the church. And along with that would come the faith to wanting to be baptized. Yeah. Uh, Michael, I've, I've heard more than one person say that the Lord saved my soul but the mm -hmm. church saved my life yes um you know given directions and, and uh guidance in, in this life um the church has given us a a, a, a stalwart to to be uh, anchored to uh, and friends and loved ones to uh to share our griefs with and our joys with um, that, that makes us a, a more solid uh, citizen for our community and a, 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 a more joyful person uh, in our life. What is baptism? What is baptism? Outward expression of what has God has done. It's that bingo, Brother Chris. You get the apple day if I brought one. <laughs> It's an outward showing to the world, or, or to, not I shouldn't say the world, but it's an outward 
showing of what happened on the inside. It's, it's symbolism. When the person is in the liquid grave and that water covers them, that's symbolizing their old man dying and them being raised in newness of life. Yeah, that's what it is. To have the faith to do that in front of people. Yeah, another step. Yeah, being willing to show everyone what happened on the inside. To make a public statement of it. Maybe I should put it that way. Yeah. You know, in saying that, Brother Michael, you know you think about that. You know, being, a Christian, being a Christian, you can't live a Christian life from the outside in. you got to live it from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Spirit to me to the church as I did that drove me to the altar to be saved. Sure. But we're not the same spirit. Well, of course, we did not believe that baptism is essential to salvation. Correct. But I had a former pastor one time, a Baptist minister, that was so strong about being baptized it made me uncomfortable sometimes. But as time went by, um, I, I began to see that uh, an importance that I had not seen in the past because how can you profess to be saved and refuse to follow the first command that Jesus would have for it? So that's why, it, I mean, he he would almost cross the line <laughs> with me. Yeah. You know, he didn't believe that. Yeah. He yeah. didn't believe that. But he believed in being baptized so strongly that as uh, as an outward expression of if you accept the Lord, if you profess to accept the Lord but refuse to be baptized, never feel drawn to be mm -hmm. something not right with that. So it really all worked together. Yeah. You are correct. We do not consider it essential for salvation, but we do consider it essential to a walk of faith right. in a Christian that's life right. on right. this side. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next. Our next step in our steps of faith, I would suggest would be putting one's life fully in the church. Valuing the church enough that I'm willing to, first of all, when the doors are open, I'm here. A commitment to support the church, first with my attendance, but also with my participation. Yeah. That I'm willing to give up time for the church. That would be, I would think, my next step in faith, to value my time at church. And lastly, the, the, the step, next step of faith would be willing to give my time. My time to read the scriptures, my time in prayer, uh, my time in support of the church. Yeah. To, to jump in the church with both feet. I, we all know people who join the church but never really jumped in. Never really became... It never became an integral, integrated part of their lives that it needed to be. Is you going to say something? Oh, okay. So, ooh, we are about out of time. But I wanted to kind of cover kind of the basic steps of, from a lost person. The, the minimum, I, I, I hate to use those words, and they don't necessarily in quite in this order, uh, but 
first steps. Now, where, do, where does a Christian's walk go from there? Well, that's, that's kind of an individual basis. God, but God has a, a work for each of us. God has each of us a path laid out we need to walk. Um, and that's different. I don't know. There's two people identical. But uh, if we'll get these basic ones behind us and incorporate them in our lives, make it a lot easier to understand the next ones. Yeah, they'll come in their time. Yeah. Ain't what a word. That's, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover this morning. Just faith is a verb. Brother Mike said, I say one other thing. One, one time uh, in the Bible, uh, in, this book, in the book of James, where mm -hmm. it was said, you say you have words, and someone else says they have faith. And he said, show me your faith apart from your words, mm -hmm. and I'll show you my faith by my words. Yes. That's paraphrased, but... Yep. I mean, thought all that when you yeah. start talking about faith and action. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people. No, I shouldn't say a lot of people. Some people dish at the book of James, saying it's saying works. No, it's not. It's saying faith will show up as works. That's right. Yeah. Amen. That's what he was. That's what he was screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? When you think about our uh, church role and how many folks that we have on there that we don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, because they don't, they don't attend, um, and they may be members somewhere else, and we just don't know, because everybody doesn't, you know, notify yeah. of, of changes and stuff like that. But, um, and then you, you throw COVID in there, and during this course of time where a lot of, you know, churches didn't meet, um, and I know, you know, for us, we stopped, for a period of time in which, you know, we've seen an, uh, an increase in our membership since, which has been uh, incredible, you know, but how many churches have dwindled and not seen that recovery uh, that we have? Uh, and I, I think a lot of that goes to praying and, and having a desire to see the church grow. Sure. And, uh, and just the comfort that comes from knowing that the Spirit's here as we meet as a body. Uh, and it, it makes a difference in folks' lives. What COVID showed was how many people really hadn't jumped in with both feet, hadn't really committed their life to the God, which means committed to the church, because you can't separate them, not in a Christian walk. But I think that's what it really demonstrated. Lots and lots of people were coming but really weren't, they just hadn't jumped in with both feet, head first into the church, being a part of their life. Yeah. Anyone else? Michael, um, I heard uh, on the radio, uh, on a, and this was before COVID hit, uh, that somewhere in the number of 30 small churches nationwide closed every week. Mm -hmm. well, we, all we have to do is look around our own county. Yes. We'll see churches that are closed yeah. left and right. Yes. Anyone else? Well, I hope this has, has helped us. It helped me preparing it. I know that. Just, just <coughs> put it down on paper.